Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome everyone to the Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host TJ and with me again as always is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Now grumpy, um, the Islanders, we're recording this on Saturday evening. Um, the Islanders so far have played three games in their series against the Philadelphia Flyers and the Islanders have taken a two to one lead. Um, they have another game upcoming on Sunday evening. That being said, uh, it's an 8 o'clock game, Grumpy, and I don't know if I'm going to have an hour of time to spare after <laughs> an 8 o'clock game time. Well, it's past my bedtime. You know, uh, you're in the – for people who don't know, TJ lives in the central time zone. I live where, you know, the real world lives in the eastern time zone. So <laughs> when that hour does make a big difference for me uh, because uh, I do have to get to bed early on Sunday evenings. Uh, Got to get ready for a nice long work week, work week, isn't it right, Grumpy? Very true, very true. As much as I hate to admit it, I I have to get ready for the work week on Monday morning. Oh, I do understand that. Even um, when I work from home, I still have to be ready. I was about to say, I, I had forgotten you'd work from home, Grumpy old man. Your commute must be very long to your work desk. It is. It's usually from my bed to the bathroom and then, you know, to the kitchen table, so... it is it is a tough commute it depends on the traffic you know with the coronavirus my wife works from home my son works from home so i have to make sure that i avoid you know those type of uh, traffic tangle-ups oh i do understand grumpy um but it's and again obviously the schedule got kind of jammed up uh with everything that's gone on but the Islanders still have played three games here before our podcast and if we're looking at the series as a whole I thought the Islanders have played, not as a shock to any of us, very good hockey. Um, game one, I think it was more of a bend-don't-break effort, and it feels like forever ago we're talking about game one. But that was on Monday, correct? Yeah, it was on Monday, grumpy old man. Monday, and, correct. <laughs> on Monday, and then we wound up playing on, I think it was that Wednesday afterwards. And despite us giving up three goals early and pulling Simone Varlamov, uh, the Islanders came back. 
And that doesn't shock any Islander fans because there's never any type of quit in a Barry Trotz coach team. Yeah, we shut them out. What was it? Four nothing on Monday, and uh, dominated the Flyers. I mean, I'm so glad. I hate the. Everyone knows I hate the Flyers. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows. Anyone within earshot of me knows I hate the Flyers. Hold um, on, Grumpy. You don't like the Flyers? I don't like the Flyers. I hate them. I've hated them since the '70s, um, back when they won Stanley Cups with those dirty Flyer teams. Uh, when they uh, beat Boston and then beat Buffalo. Uh, and then, of course, you know, but here's the thing. How much could I really hate the Flyers? Because without them, we wouldn't have our first Stanley Cup victory. So I, maybe I should like the Flyers a little bit more. I mean, without them being losers, uh, we could have lost the Stanley Cup finals that in 1980. <laughs> oh, well, we didn't. We beat them. Oh, yes, Grumpy old you man. Know, one thing I, that I did find out, though, we have only beaten the Flyers once in the playoffs in our history in four times we played them. And, of course, it was the most important one because the Flyers are chokers. And, well, you know, that's how it goes. <laughs> well, I, I, and I kind of want to talk and address a little bit of what we, what we had kind of mentioned on our last podcast, Grumpy Old Man. We had discussed that this – this matchup between the Flyers and the Islanders was going to be a matchup nightmare for the Philadelphia Flyers. A lot of people, again, expected this series to go six, sometimes maybe even seven games. I just don't see it. And even if when we account for game two, where in all likelihood, after going down 3 nothing in the first 10 minutes of the game, and Varlamov let in some questionable goals that I'm sure he would like to have back, at least two, one, maybe two, and the Islanders bounce back and still almost found a way to win, forcing the game in overtime. Uh, I really haven't felt like this series is yet uh, at risk for the Islanders losing. And I feel that the Islanders, and again, we're only up right now at the time of the podcast, two to one in the series. Yeah. I really don't think the Islanders. I really don't think the Islanders are going to lose this series, though. Yeah, it seems like we're up like six or seven games to one. Really, uh, well, we've just we've played them for the most part in game two. Uh, I thought Varlamov was terrible in that game. Uh, he gave up two short sided, uh, two short side goals up high. Uh, definitely ones he wants back. And I, one thing I've noticed with him, when his concentration or his confidence wanes a little bit, he goes further and further back into the net. And he did a little bit of that tonight, honestly, early on, where he's inside the net. It's like, bro, get up on your crease. Don't don't keep on falling back into the net. Well. Uh, Early on in the game, too, grumpy old man. I don't know if you noticed this for game three. He was having difficulty a little bit controlling his rebounds. And I mean, they were really routine saves for a professional goalie, especially at the level of the NHL. And just like not able to go ahead and grasp it all the way with his glove, not really able to control the rebound. It's kind of bouncing. He's got to kind of scramble to cover it up. Um, he definitely looked a little shaky in that regard early on in the game. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get more into it. Um, what I think the Islanders are doing extremely well, uh, like I said. But in game two, with the exception of that 10, the first, not even the, we kind of outplayed them the first two or three minutes and had a couple of chances and didn't score. And they come down and Hayes puts in that, I consider it a fluky goal. And uh, I mean, it was a great shot, but still, that's not a goal for Alamal should ever let in. At, not on the short side, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and then he gets beat the same way on the next goal. And he was the anticipating third, the pass, and I was yeah. just like, "Yikes!" And I'm like, and I think I even, I think I even texted you, and I'm like, "Get him out, get him out now!" And Trotz left him in, and then Letty 
just uh, filled his pants uh, on the guy coming out in front of the net and just and Varlamov was terrible on that one too. I mean, it was just a bad defensive play by Letty and then by Varlamov, and then they took him out. But it's like, okay, you're down three nothing, and really, the way we came back, uh, the second half of the first period and the rest of the game, uh, when we t- when we tied it up with a couple minutes to go, when Pajot put that shot in. You looked at the flyer bench. I'm like, oh, man. I said, they're done. They're done. They came back. They were able to get the winning goal. Um, but I saw the look on their face after losing today, honestly. And they look like a defeated team, Philadelphia. I think – and I'll, we'll break it down a little bit more nuanced into what's happened and transpired like overarching points in the first three games. But you mentioned game two when the Islanders did come back and forced the game into overtime. I can promise you one thing. If the Islanders won that game in overtime, the series was all but done. Um, I do think you're right. The Flyers look a little defeated, as odd as that sounds, only being down 2-1. to one. But in the same token, they do so many things fundamentally wrong that I just don't think they can compete with a Barry Trotz coach team. And I think, again, I think Elaine Vigneault is a great coach. He's done a lot of great things and really helped forge a lot of great teams. Um, that being said, how many more times are we going to see them have a defensive lapse in front of the net that that directly benefits the Islanders and we're able to cash in on? I, and I know a hopefully, lot of – Hopefully another six or seven times. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. I mean, it only benefits us. And Matt Barzal working his magic today really was the reason why we scored the first goal. We had had – I know we conceded the first goal, but was that grumpy? Yes, that's correct. We conceded the first goal. Yes. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. I thought I heard something. Um, oh, that's odd. But Matt Barzal was really creating a lot of offense. And if you look at the shift before we scored our first goal tonight in game three, we were starting to get a lot of chances in front of the net. We weren't able to execute on any of them. And, and Barzal just happened to miss that wraparound, given that you know there may have been a stick in his midsection that would have been a call to hook in a series before. But for the most part, the refs just kept their whistles in the pockets today until really the third period. Um, that being said, you've seen the Flyers starting to try and press Matt Barzal whenever he has the puck to force him to get rid of the puck as soon as possible, given he's very slippery and he's able to most times evade those pressures. And that's what you saw. The first goal that he scored was him keeping the puck on a stick long enough, and he Myers abandons the man, which is Matt Martin, right in front of the net. So Barzal has an easy feed to Martin, and Martin essentially has, you know, that's a practice. That's a practice opportunity where you're standing right in front of the net and you just tap it in on a one-time attempt. Yeah, well, he just skated, he just skated right down the middle. And like I said, they're okay. If you're a team that's trying to stop the Islanders offensively, what are you going to do? You're going to try to stop Matt Barzal. It, he is the offense for our team. I mean, all right, we've been scoring some other goals, a lot of old whole different team. Got a bunch of guys are scoring goals. But for offensive creativity, it's him and nobody else on this team. Absolutely nobody else. If you're trying to stop the Islanders, the best way to do so is to play a defensively sound game and not make dumb mistakes. If you play a solid defensive game and you have good positioning, you could eliminate a lot of chances the Islanders score on. Right. But uh, but offensively, you want to, if you're who are you going to take away on our offense? It's Matt Barzal. I mean, to me, there's nobody else even close for second. That said, uh, I cannot tell you how impressed and that our defense has been. And by I say defense, I mean team defense. 
We are so calm in our zone. The only time when we start scrambling in our zone, it almost invariably leads to a goal. But we're even when they're pressing us so hard, we're just calm. I, calm is just the word I want to use. Really relaxed, just clearing the puck out. I think David mentioned it on the national broadcast today. And our third periods have been astounding, the whole playoffs. We are just, I don't know if we're just in better shape than the other teams or it's our mental resolve. But we've outscored our opponents, uh, Washington and Philadelphia, uh, like 13 to 1 in the third period. I know it's 6 nothing against uh, the Philadelphia Flyers and it was 7-1 against Washington. We're just – I feel if the game is close in the third period, we're going to win. I just feel that way right now. I did not know the stats were that much in our favor for the third period. And if you want to be a very, very stellar playoff team and make a deep run in the Stanley Cups or to, to win the Stanley Cup Finals – Obviously playing well in the third period <clears throat> excuse me. Obviously playing well in the third period bodes well there for you, Grumpy. Um, that being said, you talked about when the Islanders do have a, an area of flux where they kind of do get flustered a little bit on the defensive side of the puck. That almost always does lead to a goal. And if you remember in game two in overtime, you had that mad scramble where we weren't able to go ahead and put pressure on whatever Flyers defenseman who was able to take that slap shot from the point to score the goal. But their defense and their collapsing style and their calm presence reminds me a lot of the Los Angeles Kings back when Daryl Sutter had that that ship in the right direction. Yeah, the Kings had more offensive talent than we had, though. Um, I'm talking solely about their defensive play, the collapsing style, and how calm they looked on the defensive side of the puck. That's what it reminds me of. Okay, I'll I'll agree with that. And they also had a better goalie. Um, Oh, I do agree. but this team, okay, this is the way we have to play to win. Um, and right now we're playing it we're we're playing our role to the you know the way we have to to win, period. And I think that Trotz has done a really, really good job, everybody buying in. I mean, I know I've mentioned it before how this is our best chance to win a Stanley Cup in the next few years. The bubble, where everybody's thinking because I think this team is like super, super tight as a group, as a unit, and we're all healthy. No injuries, knock on wood. I'm banging myself in the head. Um, you know, but it's key for us as an older team. And we've been just – just our defensive efficiency has been fantastic. Now, one thing I want to bring up, you know, we played Ross Johnston the last game against Washington, and he played the first game against Philadelphia, and he had 10 hits. And he played the second game, and I thought he played really well. And today he brings back out Derek Broussard. And I'm kind of surprised he did that, honestly, because I think when Der- when uh, uh, Johnston's on the ice – what that does, it means the other team's not so tough. And I don't want to give the Flyers an, a, an excuse to start to play some dirty dirty play. Well, I'll be honest with you, Grumpy. He didn't play tonight, and the Flyers didn't look too tough tonight. So, uh, you know, I, I think there's some validity to your statement if the Flyers came out and they played hard and they were laying a lot of dirty hits. I will tell you one thing. For as much as you call them the dirty Flyers, I think the Washington Capitals played a much more vicious and dirty style of play than the Flyers have so far. And I don't think necessarily that was a big issue in game three. It wasn't an issue in game two or game one. I like Ross Johnson as much as the next guy. But in the same token, you're not going to see me complaining when we're winning games. 
if we're winning games and I see our guys getting run into the boards and I see the opposing team taking a multitude of penalties that are putting our players at harm's way, I'm going to get a little disgruntled. But in the same token, I did not see that tonight from the Flyers. And that always is subject to change as the series continues to change. But in the same token, I think it was a good lineup that Barry Trotz put out there tonight. I'm going to stay gruntled because I want to see Ross Johnston play. I like I like our team being a little bit more physical out there. I don't think they lose anything with him in the lineup. I know Komarov scored today really a weak goal given up by Carter Hart. Wow. Right at the end of the second period, that's a backbreaker, let's be honest, right? And then they find they take a penalty when uh, Haig takes a slash, breaks his own stick, and uh, we convert like right away, game over. I mean, that, you could just tell they, they were no threat to score really for the most part. Well, anytime the Islanders get a two-goal lead, unless your team has an extreme amount of offensive acumen, you can pretty much write the game off. And again, there's always chances you're going to get to to maybe bring the game back to an equalizer or win the game. But in the same token, you're going to be pressing and chasing those two goals so hard. It's going to leave you more open for odd man opportunities going the other way. You spoke about Carter Hart's second goal he conceded. Wow. And this is the best way I can describe it. I think that was a loss of focus (laughs) as young players look up at the clock and like, okay, I'm right about there. 10 seconds, 30 seconds. All right. I just can't wait to get out of this period. And I think he lost a little bit of focus because that's never a goal he should have given up. I think he let in a few goals he would like to have back, to be honest. Yeah, the Martin goal was weak also. Right through him. It's like, I mean, where he's as kind much, of opposite. As much as I'd like to say, I want to say something real quick. As much as I'd like to say that's a little weak, I mean, it's a point blank opportunity. I'm not going to fault him as much on that one. Yeah, when a fourth liner, I mean, a fourth liner scores through a body like that, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's one he's got to stop. And he's made some good saves, but he lets in some weak goals. Uh, one little, here's another little stat. I know this is not my job to do the stats. I'm, you're supposed to be doing the stats, but the Flyers before tonight had been eight zero and scoring the first goal in a game in the playoffs, and uh, well, now they're eight one. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. I'll also say this. I think Varlamov, even after a shaky game two, um, at least the way game three was designed, it was originally going to be a back to back situation. Um, a game Wednesday and then a preceding game on Thursday. But, you know, again, the schedule kind of got jumbled up and and they had the cancellation of the games for two days. Um, that being said, there, I I questioned if Arlamoff was going to play um, game three when it was originally scheduled to be a back-to-back. I know they pulled him early, so he shouldn't have been tired. But I thought Grice looked good in the remainder of the second game. And I thought, you know, as well as Arlamoff has played, those were – really some goals that Varley would like to have back. That being said, he came out and he played extremely well today, and he had some big saves. I mean, that save in the third period on Joel Farabee, again, I think that just kept – I think that was the that was the needle that broke the camel's back in, in this game scenario for the Flyers. Okay, first of all, they're not needles that break the camel's back. They're straws. It's the straw that breaks the camel's back because in the olden days, they used to have, uh, you know, camels uh, – carrying you know bales of hay and it was the the straw that broke the camel's back you see well, grumpy i mixed them because i know it's a straw that broke the camel's back but then i was thinking also the needle in the haystack so i got them mixed up real quick why am i not surprised that you got them mixed up that's why i'm here to correct you with your numerous flubs 
as much as you are an NHL analyst, Grumpy, you need to be an analyst, or I won't even call you need to be an expert on, oof, I guess you can call metaphors or even illusions. Metaphors and illusions? Okay. Like I said, don't. I, I might be using that completely wrong, but I was really trying to channel my high school English education and what the verbiage was. But uh, you definitely have the ability to recall those a lot better than I do, Grumpy. I definitely met right. a lot of those old-time phrases. That's right. And I'm so glad. You know, I guess for people who know you were a college football player, so I guess you didn't take much English in college if you're reaching back to your high school English education. I think I only had to take one or maybe two English courses in my entire collegiate uh, endeavor. Oh, very good. Uh, we're impressed that you at least took two English courses when you were in college. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but touching, just touching on a few other things, I just, uh, you know, you're right when you mentioned earlier that we're not really concerned about the Flyers. I'm just not. But I do want to touch on some of the things that are going on in the rest of the league and see how our predictions are going. I know you picked uh, – I think we both picked Tampa Bay, and I'm going to tell you again, Tampa Bay reminds me of the 1980 Islanders right now as a team who was the best team in the league the two years prior and wind up getting knocked out early in the playoffs and people saying that you know they were chokers. And this Tampa Bay team is hitting on all cylinders right now. They can play at any single style, just kind of like the Islanders were back in the day. And they're going to be tough to beat. Once we beat Philadelphia, that's going to be a tough matchup for us going up well, against Tampa. I, yeah, I will also mention, Grumpy, I definitely thought there was no way Tampa was going to lose to Boston. I know you were more worried about Boston than we were about Tampa. And I phrased it like this. I said, with Halak in that and him having to carry the load game in and game out, I don't think that's going to bode well. I mean, I can't remember the last time he's been significantly counted upon during any type of high-pressure situation. And with his advanced age and with Tukaras not being able to play, I thought there was no chance that Boston had to win. And they in game three and four, or a game, yeah, I guess it's game three and four, um, they've looked hideous, Boston has. I believe what I actually said was, I feel that we play better against Tampa Bay than we do against Boston. And that's why I would rather play Tampa Bay. Um, now, Boston's not playing. Here's the thing. Tampa Bay is just making Boston look bad. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue if you say Tampa Bay is the best play, the best team in the NHL. I don't think anyone can really argue that fact. Uh, and right now they're playing up to that. I mean, um, the goalie's been fantastic. Braden Point has been spectacular on the offensive end. They're showing way more physicality that they have in previous years. I mean, they're a team that you used to be able to bully, honestly. You could bully them, uh, and that's what's beaten them in the past. That's how Columbus – kind of bullied them a little bit last year. They went out and they picked up uh, two players. I don't know if Sorelli was on the team last year, but Gouda they picked up and uh, I believe Stevenson. And those guys have had an element that this team didn't have before. And they're going to be a tough team for certain to be. And then the West, who did I predict? Do you remember? Golden Knights. Yes. And they look like they're on their way. And I picked Colorado. And even with the injuries, it was nice to see Colorado come back uh, to make that a series again. So that'll be interesting. So right now, now that series is tied at two, correct, Grumpy old man? Uh, no, I believe it's two to one. Okay. Two to one Dallas. Now, does Colorado play tonight or is it tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Now, I thought, again, after 
after that uh, Grubauer going out, I, again, I, I said that there's no way Colorado wins. I still kind of stand by that, and I think it was definitely a groin or a hip injury of some capacity. I think Grubauer is going to be out for the entire series. I just don't think um, Francois – or is it Francois or Franceau? Francois. Francois. I don't think that Francois is going to be able to go ahead and do the job, <laughs> at least the way Colorado needs it to be done in order to continue to advance. Um, so I don't have them. And again, I kind of stand by that. I don't think they're going to go ahead and move on, despite them going ahead and winning game three. Yeah, I, I like Francois at times, like because I've even had him on my fantasy hockey team for a couple of weeks at a time when he'd get hot. Um, but right, I don't think he's been great in this series. Maybe they've settled down a little bit. I don't know if uh, – Johnson's coming back on the defensive end. I think that hurt them, hurt them just as much as losing uh, Grubauer. But I'll tell you what, Nathan McKinnon is the man out there. He is really something else. And uh, that's going to be a tough series. That's going to be a tough series. I, it, and it's fun to watch too. You love, you love games where you can watch them in their six to five. Not if you're an Islander fan right now, but uh, you know, watching other teams, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and another thing we kind of brought up, Grumpy, was the goalie situation in Vegas regarding Robin Lehner and then the post that Marc-Andre Fleury's agent made about the knife or the sword in his back. Um, now, Robin Lehner has started all three games uh, so far for the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, I, I know game two gave up some more goals, but as of right now, it's it's in the first period here of game three, and uh, they're up to nothing. And again, Robin Leonard, I think, has done more than an adequate job. And I think, I hope he finally finds a permanent home. Because, I, again, I never wish any ill will on Robin Leonard. I'll always kind of have a soft spot, as I'm sure most Islander fans will. That being said, I'm ready for him to find a permanent home where he can actually build himself as the guy because I think he's got the ability to be the guy in that for a team. Yeah, and Flurry's a little bit older. I mean, I think he's 34 years old. Um, I mean, he was not going to be able to do the workload that he had. Now, I think you'll see him start tomorrow, though. I believe they play tomorrow, and I think you'll see him uh, start tomorrow. And, you know, that's the thing with back-to-back. -back. Like, tomorrow, I'm going to expect Christ to start tomorrow, honestly, um, with a back-to-back. -back. I don't think you're going to see Barlamov come back. So, you know, in that aspect, I, like I said, what the agent did, I thought it was a huge mistake. Um, you know, but Robin Leonard's been doing the job since he's been picked up from Chicago for Vegas. So you really can't complain about the results there either. Yeah. And again, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent again this offseason. And I, who knows where he's going to land. That being said, you hope he finds a place where he's able to sign a long term deal and be the guy somewhere in that. And you speak a little bit about tomorrow's game, which is going to be on Sunday. I wouldn't be shocked at all if Thomas Grice plays. And, I, again, if, if Grice came in in game two and got shelled just the same way Varlamov did and he conceded a lot of goals, maybe you make an argument that Varlamov needs to be in net as well. But Grice did more than carry his own load. And in the same token, it's a back-to-back -back situation. It's nice to keep your goalies fresh, in my opinion. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, there, neither one of them is spring chickens out there. And Thomas Grice, he's a proven playoff performer also. I mean, he was fantastic when we beat the Panthers, uh, I think, in 2015 or 16. I it, can't uh, remember. 17? I don't even remember when it was. 2015. Okay. But he was fantastic in net. Um, so, I mean, he's shown that he's good under pressure too. So, I mean, that's that's the one thing we have. We have we're a veteran team. And you know how much it drives me crazy that we got a bunch of old guys playing but it's helping in a situation like this right now, it's particularly as a goaltender. And that's why I think Philadelphia is hurting a little bit uh, with Hart. 
you don't see the weak goals that he's given up as good as he's going to be in the future right now. I still think he's just a little young, and he's making some of those young goalie mistakes. And it'll be interesting to see if they play Brian Elliott tomorrow or if they go back to Hart. Yeah, I was about to say, and you mentioned it earlier, they gave up that goal to end the second period. I thought that was definitely <laughs> not a goal that Carter Hart would want to give up in any situation. And at the time period when you give it up there, the dying seconds of an end of a period, that is usually definitely a momentum shifter. And I hate to say it, but I, I could see, I could definitely see Brian Elliott being the start the net. Well, uh, Vigneault has a decision to make. Right? I would be happy if Carter Hart was played against the New York Islanders tomorrow. I And again, as much as Carter Hart does have the ability to stand on his head and play extremely good hockey, in the same token, I think he's inconsistent. And I think the Islanders, when they're able to put consistent pressure on the Flyers, it really it helps our chances on scoring on Hart because we're able to fluster him a little bit. We're able to get guys in front of the net, able to hopefully throw him off his game. And I think, honestly, I would rather play Carter Hart at this point in time in his career. Um, well, you know, we're going to see. I, I just think Philadelphia defense isn't real good. Uh, they can get flustered when we press them. Um, I, I will say one thing that they did extremely well or better today than they have in the earlier games in the series, and they brought it up on the national broadcast, is the little flip pass out of the zone as opposed to trying to carry it out or make passes out because we're so good in the neutral zone. Honestly, we're fantastic in the neutral zone. And, you know, it's all that's almost like a give-up move when you try to flip it out. But they were actually able to get some offensive chances off of that. So, I mean, I think we're going to see more of that as the series goes on. Um, but I still think that kind of plays for the most part. You might get some odd man, some odd uh, chances here and there. But it plays into the Islanders' hand where you're just giving it back to them, honestly. So, Well, Grumpy, I do want to say this. And I'm not sure exactly what it is as of today. But <laughs> they had a statistic they had popped up after game one, and it was the Islanders' five-on-five five play. Now, it's almost unbelievable. They had played 10 games at this time period, and it only conceded six five-on-five five goals, Grumpy Old Man. That's six. That was the lowest amount of goals that any team has conceded in the playoffs so far. That being said... They're also comparing them to teams like the Winnipeg Jets, who'd only played six games, or they'd only played four games, and the Florida Panthers, who'd only played four games. They're comparing them to teams that had only played three or four games. The Islanders, at this point, had played 10 games. Obviously, we conceded more five on five goals in, in game uh, two and then game three. But in the same token, our five on five play has still been unbelievable. And I know we talked about it last podcast, but this is just a little bit, of, a little bit of stats in order to go ahead and back that up. Right. I mean, but I mean, that's our style, right? We have to play our special teams or nothing spectacular. I mean, I think it's helped our penalty kill besides the fact we're not taking any penalties. Um, but when we do, uh, the Flyers penalty has been uh, power play has been woeful. I mean, even worse than ours, honestly. And that's kind of helped us. And, but our uh, power play has not been great. So we have to excel at five on five, and that's what we've. That's really that's what we've done all year, and even last year too. That's our strength, is playing well at five on five, and we're just continuing here in the playoffs. I mean, that's our recipe for success, right? Yeah, absolutely. And again, when we anytime we score a power play goal, it's really tough for us to lose. When our special teams are contributing in a positive way, I feel very confident in us coming away with a victory. 
Yeah, I mean, when we scored that goal tonight to make it 3-1, to one, I'm like, I can just turn off the TV now. There's no way we're losing this game. I mean, because we had totally sucked the life out of the Flyers. And that's, you know, we, we're the vampires of the NHL. We like to suck the life out of these teams. And I think we've already done that to Philadelphia. Like I said, to me, watching the guys, the Philadelphia players at the end of the game going off the bench, it's not like they were beaten in overtime. Uh, they were beaten in regulation, and they just look like we don't know what to do. That's 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 the look they had on their face, and I think that bodes well for the Islanders going forward. Well, remember the Flyers, despite them having played well, they're having some issues. I mean, James Van Riemsdyk was sat a few games, which is odd, right? Especially with how much they had paid for him this offseason as a free agent. And again, he, I think he, I think he has around he commands about seven million in cap space a year right now for the Flyers to be sitting a guy that would be less, that would be like us comparably sitting Anders Lee. No loss. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll be honest, Grumpy. Well, I'm, joking. I'm joking. I know you're joking, but he's produced more than James Van Riemsdyk. But in the same token, imagine that is almost nine. It's like a little over eight. Eight and a half percent, right around nine percent of your salary cap that you are healthy scratching because he's not performing well. Holy crap! You want to talk about issues? You cannot have situations where you are healthy scratching guy this late in the season that's making that much money. Well, that's what happens, honestly, when you sign any of you know a free agent and older free agent to long term deals. I mean, no, that's just going to happen. Uh, you know, I thought he played better today than I've seen him in recent times. But you're right. He's not performed in the playoffs. I mean, uh, with the exception of Kevin Hayes, I don't think any of their forwards has looked particularly good, honestly. Um, I mean, Claude Giroux has been on a disappearing act. Uh, and well, the he- funny thing is we even mentioned uh, – oh, maybe you're about to say it, Grumpy. I'm sorry. I'm going to let you finish. I don't want to cut you off. Well, he usually is fantastic against us, and he's been an afterthought. In this series, I mean, he's done nothing. I mean, their best line has really been their third line. Um, no, no one on there. I mean, with the like I said, the exception of Hayes, I thought he's been good. And uh, Kopechny has looked okay, but other than that, I mean, they really haven't threatened us much at all. I, 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 t- I cannot tell you how impressed I am with our team defense. Uh, it just, it's just been fantastic, just fantastic. Yeah, absolutely, it has grumpy old man. Um, and you're right. Obviously, them being able to shut down Claude Giroux has been big. They've been able to keep Gostasphere pretty much silent as well. The team defense. Been playing, I haven't even heard him mention his name. Oh, maybe he's not playing. Maybe that's why I haven't noticed him. <laughs> I don't know. Is he, I don't even know if he's playing Grumpy. Um, I just know he hasn't been mentioning his name very often. Yeah. I mean, they just, and like I said, Hayes, is, Hayes has been the one guy who has been a consistent threat for them along the boards. Uh, and he's actually impressed me this series. And he got Brock Nelson type numbers in the offseason. So go figure. Yeah, grumpy old man. Well, it's definitely um it was an important game. Barry Trotz talked about this being a swing game. And I think he's right. I, I even if the Islanders didn't win this game by some fluky way, I, I still think they were sitting comfortable even being down one one to two in the series. But that being said, I do think this was a swing game as well. I think all the momentum's going our way, and it's going to be a real uphill battle for the Flyers. Uh, yeah, they're done. Like I said, you look at uh, it. Kind of reminds me of Washington, even after Washington won Game Four 
of the series and of the last series. They still look dejected. And it's the same look I see from Philadelphia. I, like they just have no answer for us. And, you know, it's tough playing a team like that that's really not super skilled, but they just kind of control the game. And that's what we've been doing. I mean, just a fantastic job. And, I mean, you know, sometimes I rip on Barry Trotz, but I'm going to tell you what, uh, another coaching masterclass from him uh, this series against Philadelphia. And uh, like I said, you mentioned earlier, Vigneault is a good coach, but he has no answers for what we're doing right now. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. I, I don't know where Philadelphia goes from here, you know, except home from the bubble. So I guess I expect it to be, let's see, we play Sunday and then we play Tuesday. I couldn't even tell you. I'd have to assume it's Sunday and then a Tuesday game because they still want to stay on schedule, even with the two game or the two day break. They still want to stay on schedule because they have to have everything coincide where the draft is still going to be lined up to be at the end time period and everything of that nature. So they couldn't have it to where they just delayed everything two days. I think they still wanted to have that cushion after the NHL playoffs had ended, um, even hypothetically if you went seven games, and then before that time period of the draft. Yeah, I'm just talking about when the Flyers get to go home and leave the bubble. So it's either going to be Tuesday night or Wednesday morning probably um, because I just I don't see them winning another game, honestly. I just don't see it. I mean, even the game they won, they probably shouldn't have won. So that's the way I look at it. They're done. I'm so happy. I can't tell you how ecstatic I am seeing the Flyers lose games. It It's fantastic. It it's honestly makes my day watching the filthy Delphia Flyers lose hockey games. It's great. So I'm supposed to be grumpy, but I can't be. I have to be happy because Philadelphia is losing and we're beating them. That's the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's definitely true, Grumpy Old Man. Now, I don't think um, – I'm trying to look it up. I don't think he's played many games. I think Gostasphere's only played one game against us, which is game one, which is definitely the reason why he's been silent because he only played – as of right now, because I was looking up the game logs, he only played August 24th. So I'm not sure exactly. And, again, I don't keep too much up on the Flyers, and I know there's been a lot of craziness. But he did not play um, on the 29th or the 30th. Again, I don't know. The schedule kind of got – oh, yeah, he did not play tonight. Or maybe he has played tonight. I don't know, Grumpy. I think he's only played one game, though, so far against the Islanders, which would explain why he's so silent. Yeah, but he's been a healthy scratch also. So, I mean, I believe he's been a healthy scratch. I think he was in the last series as well. So, I mean, I just don't think he's lived up to – you know, what he's supposed to be doing either. So, you know, hey, I don't care. The less offensive talent that they have on Philadelphia, the better for us. That's the way I look at it. Yeah, Grumpy. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up the podcast today? Uh, no, I just think that we're going to win tomorrow night and go up 3-1 to one and then close out Philadelphia on, uh, I believe it's Tuesday, on uh, Tuesday and send them packing and get ready for Tampa in the uh, – you know, the Eastern Conference Finals. That's what I'm ready for. Hmm. Well, it's definitely going to be a big time period. Uh, we're going to have to close the deal against the Flyers. I won't talk too much about the potential matchup against the Lightning because, again, you don't want to look too far ahead because there could always be things that do happen. But in the same token, I do think the, the Lightning are going to go ahead and advance past the Bruins. And um, I do think the Islanders go ahead and finishes off in comfortable fashion. I still think five games. Is, was it my original prediction? I still think that's going to stay true. Been like unfortunately, you have unfortunately, been like Nostradamus on these predictions, by the way. I just have to say. Uh, I know. It's, it's a little bit of luck, I think. I know your original prediction of the Islanders winning the series, the best of four in two games. I think we've already passed that, so I don't think your prediction is right yet, Grumpy. That's true. It's not correct. But, you know, as long as we beat them, that's all I really care about. 
Absolutely. Well, thanks so much for being a part of the podcast. As always, grumpy old man. My pleasure. And thank you so much to the Hockey Podcast Network. Again, they allow us to have this podcast on multiple different platforms. Whether you listen on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, you can find the Hockey Podcast Network's version of the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. So thanks so much for being a part of this, Grumpy, and, and thank you. Thank you.